Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of the TV Black Box, chaos for Channel 7 as a Big Brother contestant is booted from the country. Channel 10's game-changing plans for local programming and just who is really undisputed under 50s. We run the numbers and put 10's claims to the test. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Well, we've brought forward the podcast because there is so much happening. It has been a huge weekend in the television industry. Lots of headline-making news. So I've brought in my friends to talk about it. Aaron Ryan, hello. Hello, gorgeous people. And a special hello to all the people and families doing it tough in Victoria, New South Wales. We hope this podcast will make the time at home a, a little bit more enjoyable. Or if you read some of the reviews, make it more... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Seven-centric? Uh, wow. Mark is with us. Hello, Mark. I can confirm I'm not responsible for approving anybody's visa. <laughs> <laughs> and David Robinson is joining us today. Hello, David. Hello, Robert. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Got very formal all of a sudden. Hello, David. Yeah, well, that's the last bit of formality that will be in this podcast. I'm, I'm here to blow things apart and stuff <laughs> and take it all the way to the top and, sure. and expose things. Off to a great start. Well, we had brought the podcast earlier because of this story. It's been a huge week for Channel 7 as Big Brother VIP gets ready to start filming. First, TV Black Box revealed the location for the new series would be taking place at Sydney Olympic Park. The change in location was forced on production company and Demol Shine after the National Parks and Wildlife Service New South Wales declined to renew the lease due to concerns for local wildlife at Manly's North Head. Well, since then, Big Brother has been in the headlines over controversial castings and the dropping of one star in particular, Caddy Hopkins. The English media personality has been cut before she could even step foot in the door. Seven were slammed for their initial casting of Hopkins due to her controversial political and social views, but the situation was made worse when she shared on Instagram that she was intentionally breaking hotel quarantine rules. Seven and Endemol Shine have issued a joint statement declaring that Hopkins is not part of the series and condemning her reckless comments in hotel quarantine, although didn't confirm whether she was part of the cast to begin with. This morning, the federal government cancelled her visa and Minister for Home Affairs Karen Andrews explained to ABC News Breakfast host Michael Rowland why she was allowed into the country in the first place. Isn't there a character test for visas uh, to get into the country? This is a woman who has called migrants cockroaches, has called for a final solution, has described Islam as repugnant. How on earth, Minister, was she let into the country given a visa by the federal government in the first place? Well, 
uh, she actually came into the country uh, with support of a state government. This does happen from time to time, and actually it happens reasonably regularly, that uh, state governments approach the federal government on the basis that uh, there is an economic benefit to some people coming in over the quarantine caps, and the quarantine caps then are a matter for the states to handle. So she came in here on the basis of a potential benefit to, uh, to the economy. Okay, there's a few things here, Mulk. Obviously, we're now finding out, and I never knew this, that celebrities who come into the country are not taking away seats from Aussies trying to get home in the reduced caps. Now, this was a big bone of contention over the weekend on Twitter especially. Interesting to have that clarification. But is this a bad idea from Seven in the first place to get someone like Hopkins for Big Brother, which they have sort of sold as a family-friendly show? So many questions in one question, Rob. Um, yes. Yeah, that's my style. It, it is <laughs> It is uh, a bad idea for Seven to have cast this woman. Um, it's... I think it only compounds some recent faux pas that I, were not intentional. Uh, I will give Seven that. Um, however, it just adds the weight to the fact that they're just not getting past that people keep looking at them and going, oh, but they're saying horrific things or they're involving themselves with horrific people. Um, and the challenge for something like a Big Brother, particularly a celebrity version, is you want to have some good you know, conversation in the house. You want to have a bit of conflict. And, and to bring somebody like that woman in, I think they thought it was probably going to do that. And just to double back to your first question, I, I actually reject the idea that her coming in doesn't take a seat on a plane away from an Aussie being repatriated because it actually does. Yeah, the federal government could have said, no, they don't get to come ahead of bringing back an Australian citizen to, to come home. Uh, and in fact, now I, I know that there's it, it's a little bit slice and dice in how you do it. Um, that, that puts them in a situation where while that woman did come in because of, um, you know, economic benefit and all of that sort of stuff, talk about slicing and dicing. Um, the, the statement from Seven and Endemol Shine, the joint one itself, was full of weasel words, as you mentioned in the, um, the intro, by not confirming that that woman was here for their show, but just that she's not on the show. I mean, why else was she here? Yeah, it's it's Channel 10 with Pete Evans all over again, saying he's not going into the jungle. He was going into the jungle, mm. but saying we never confirmed he was going into the jungle. It was a bad idea from the get-go. Short answer, she's yeah. a polarising figure. She says horrific things. There was no way that this kind of controversy was never going to appear because it was always going to happen, whether she, it was just that she snuck into the country and appears on our screens or this. I've got to say, I disagree with you about the economic benefit. We have had a lot of American productions filming here in Australia during COVID because the people associated with those productions, including celebrities and producers, yep. can come in on the economic benefit uh, approval for a visa. So that's creating local jobs. Sure. So these American productions, which will never be shown in Australia, are shooting here. They're going back and being sure. shown in the Absolutely. US. So there is an economic benefit. To those things happening, It's yes. not for the government to decide which celebrities should be cast on a reality TV show. It so, is absolutely for the government to decide who enters and gets a visa. And they sure. have cancelled people's visas, entertainers' visas before. Understand. Before they Understand, even and I agree with that point. But what I'm saying is that if you don't want to bring Hopkins in because she has expressed extremist views which are not uh, of good character for the country, tick, fine, don't let her in. 
But what I'm saying is that the government should not be going through and saying, well, I don't like Julia Roberts, so we're not going to let her in, even though there's an economic benefit. What I'm saying is there is a rule in place so productions can turn around very fast and keep the industry moving. Big Brother is a production that creates a lot of jobs and bringing these stars in for this special event is helping to create those jobs on an ongoing basis. Now, whether you agree with who they're choosing or not, I think it's really important to see the fact that there is a benefit to allowing celebrities to come in even while we're we've got restrictions on and caps on the number of flights and the number of seats we're allowing people to come in on. And I will say, I have been schooled this weekend on Twitter, and I've actually learned a fair bit about the Australians who are doing it tough trying to get into this country. Mm. Uh, and I will be honest, I thought, well, you've had 18 months to get back in the country. How can you not be back in 18 months? And I've, I've genuinely had Good people contact me and explain the situations that are going on there. Yeah, I had some people just go off and have a go at me as, as Twitter happens. But I've genuinely, these people have taught me that Australians are struggling to get home and have been for 18 months, and I accept that. But what I also accept is that there is benefit when when we increase those caps, Aaron, to allow celebrities to come into the country for economic benefit. Yeah, I mean... I I totally agree with you about the economic benefit part of it. I mean, Katie Hopkins herself seems to be a whole different story. And here you go. I want to stir the pot. I actually disagree with Seven's decision to dump uh, Katie Hopkins from Big Brother, but I want to explain my decision before I get all the protest letters. So, <laughs> so first and foremost, um, due to Katie Hopkins' views, I believe she should never have been approached by Channel 7 in the first place. I mean... Her comments like Islam disgusts me. She's against multiculturalism. She promotes white genocide conspiracy theory. She and as the clip said, she compares migrants to cockroaches. I believe that this woman is an appalling waste of of, of a human being, and her views are racist, sexist, and every other type of ist. So here's my however part: to have approached her, to have been on Big Brother and then call her out on her tweets and views about hotel quarantine and take the high ground and remove her from Big Brother is, I reckon, is out of line. It's so hypocritical. And I said this when Channel 9 dumped Pauline Hanson from the Today Show. I mean, I don't like Pauline Hanson at all, but to have her on the show for so long and then go, oh, she said something that was, you know, that wasn't right. We're going to dump her now. It's like, oh, please. They brought this woman with all of those... Islam, multiculturalism stuff, and then she says something about hotel quarantine. Well, that's that's actually her her line. That's her. That's what she does. And then to call her out on it, I just think it's disgusting. Robbo, do you think celebrities should continue to get these exemptions to be able to come into the country if they're fit and proper people? Uh, and that's very important. Uh, she was not and is not a fit and proper person, uh, so she shouldn't get a visa anyway. She's the same as Woodsboro Church. I think Mike Tyson was also uh, rejected at some point because they weren't fit and proper people and the government didn't let them in. So forget for the moment that she is a, a quote-unquote a celebrity. Uh, she shouldn't be uh, allowed in anyway because of those comments. The other thing is it just seems like the decision by Seven is so dumb and so ridiculously stupid that she has done, like what Aaron was saying, exactly what her shtick is, what her MO is, that maybe is this just a classic publicity thing? It, oh, it's so dumb to think that she would get here. You know, everyone's saying every Seven would be pleased about the publicity. This is Expensive. damaging publicity. This yeah. isn't great. So then, so that must mean that the people at Redfern 
are not very smart and can't read a no, room. No, I, if I they don't think, think that's a fair comment. No, no, I think well, the no, simple that, thing I think is, is someone that, approved no, no, it. That's, someone at seven yeah, someone approved would have it, had to approve and it. And many people approved it, and I don't think it was right. Oh, that's my opinion. That's what I'm trying to get out here. Sure. I don't think it was right. Um, Aaron did mention, as did Malk, it, it's it's what she does. She's done exactly what it said on the packaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Seven and Endermole are like, oh, well, no, 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 no. Well, it can't be right. It, that to me is just odd. Like, and, and not just one person, many, many, many people at Redfern ticked her box. Yes, but what I would say is sometimes you can get into a bubble with these things and you might have been thinking Caitlyn Jenner and Katie Hopkins up against each other, they disagree on a lot and if you don't know, we don't know who else is in the house. What if, There's probably someone who's on the far left who would be going up against mm-hmm. those two and they thought maybe this is an interesting political discussion and will generate a conversation when we put these three or four or five people together. We don't know the overall casting decisions that were made Unfortunately, you can't make those decisions just in the bubble of what's going to make good television in your perception. The fact is when it comes to Katie Hopkins especially, there is a much bigger issue. Yeah, and that's the challenge, I think, Rob, is that, you know, while casting decisions for for these kinds of shows are are always done in a bubble, it's always a challenge, and you think that on, on the whiteboard it looks great. The difficulty is exactly as Robert said, what is on the label is what's in the packet when it comes to that woman. You yep. know what she's going to deliver. You know what she stands for. You know what she's about. There was never going to be not controversy about her. There was always going to oh, be Oh, for this. sure. Um, and, and it's icing on a pretty crappy cake for, for Seven, of course, because with them, as you mentioned in the intro, them having to move the Big Brother house, they've had to stop construction for two weeks on the house itself Uh. because there's a construction ban in New South Wales as a part of the COVID lockdown right now until the 30th of July. So that pushes the whole schedule back two weeks. So it would have meant if that woman stayed in, and certainly the same for Caitlyn Jenner, they're in quarantine for two weeks, or, or at least Caitlyn now is, and then has at least, I would imagine, two weeks to burn while the construction catches up. Uh, because yeah. I would have thought they would have wanted them to get them out of quarantine maybe a day or two and then straight in the house. And that can't happen now. Yeah, we don't know if they factored in possible delays in the environment that we're currently two in. Two weeks, mate? No one factors in two weeks. Maybe you're right. I I don't have the answer to that. Uh, okay, for the last few years, the 7.30 slot has been the big battleground for commercial TV, but now Channel 10 has seen an opportunity and taken it, announcing a new 9pm show on Tuesdays, The Cheap Seats. Here's the promo. Hi, I'm Tim McDonald. And I'm Melanie Bracewell. And we've got something new coming to 10. It's the TV event of the year. Not really. Tuesdays will never be the same. No, it's just going to be our take on the week's event. They'll go where others fear to go. No, it's just our look at news, sport and showbiz. Plus singing, cooking, dancing and renovating. That's not our show. All on an island. No. With Lego. No. And a twist. Anyway, join us Tuesday nights. The Cheap Seats, Melanie Bracewell and Tim McDonald's brand new show starts 9 o'clock Tuesday on 10. That's right. (laughs) I like that promo. The Cheap Seats, a working dog production, adds another night to 10's 9pm programming with their other show, Have You Been Paying Attention, proving that there is an audience at 9pm if the content is there. Aaron, 
just last week, but the day this show was announced, when we recorded the podcast, I was banging on about 9pm. I think this is a smart move by 10 to try and build 9pm programming. I literally said on the podcast, if I was running 10, I would be trying to build 9pm programming. I can confirm Rob Ignite has been banging on about the 9pm time (laughs) (laughs) for a period of time, but absolutely right. I mean, the jury's still out on the cheap seats. None of us have seen the episode so far, but big news. Mm. Um, They will now have three shows in the 8.30, 9pm slot. I mean, at different times of the year, they've got uh, Have You Been Paying Attention to Cheap Seats and Gogglebox Australia. I'd absolutely love to see the panel return. That would be good. Um, I think that'd be excellent. But um, Channel 9 have been airing Australian shows like The Weakest Link and Emergency in that slot up against US dramas on 7 that rate pretty much the same. So they might tell you, well, why why would network bother but Net- network 10 is saying it doesn't have to be a 300,000k show you can't correct you can get- this this is the key you've just hit the nail on the head they've all been saying well we we can put all this on and get 300,000 tennis showing with gogglebox and have you been paying attention especially Seven, but you can be everything else yep. in prime time 600 yeah 600 700 800 and not only that your show can actually beat a tent pole have you been paying attention has, has mm-hmm. beaten master chef australia which is obviously screens much later and after it so there is a spot rob ignite is correct people <laughs> Ring the bell. he doesn't need no, that no. that's for sure <laughs> rob, no, rob don't i'll do offer that, absolutely <laughs> that this is a great move and, and working dog what i think it does do really well and that is find some new talent and back them in on a show mm. uh and give them an opportunity now none of us have had a chance to preview it because the first episode hasn't been filmed They've only been doing pilot stuff and tests. Uh, the first episode comes out Tuesday night this week at 9 o'clock. Um, NCIS fans, you'll just have to wait an extra half hour for your hit of Mark Harmon. Um, oh, poor Sarah. Oh. Maybe she's uh, lying down this week because she can't handle a delay. <laughs> Somehow in I don't think an Australian TV show will affect her in Florida. Uh, the, <laughs> they've got full channels of NCIS in the States, please. Um, the, the, the interesting thing is that I, I wonder... I wonder if 10 are really going to back it. Like, I hope they do. From what I understand, it is ostensibly, air quotes, just a clip show. Uh, but Tim and Melanie are both great talent. Working dogs sprinkling their magic fairy dust all over it should mean that it's a, it's a success. However, like Have You Been Paying Attention, it will have to find its slot and it will have to find um, mm-hmm. its meter. It will have to work out where it fits and what the you know the banter is and how it plays together. I hate that I just use that word banter. Um it's at least you didn't use the so word much. organic. Um, but they will pivot. Yeah, whatever. that's banned. Um, I, I am keen to see. <laughs> pivot. Keen to see, ring the bell. I'm keen to see what it looks like. Change and gears. I think that this is a great move by Ten because it's absolutely casting a shot across Seven and Nine's bow to say, "Look, we've got Have You Bang paying attention. We've got Gogglebox when it's on. We've got these shows, and we're going to bring another one to the table that shows you at nine o'clock there is an audience." Rob, I've got to say that um, the promo made me laugh. We don't know if this will work. So we, you know, I I would hate to think that if this doesn't work, 10 would abandon the 9pm idea because I really think with the right show, they can make Mm. it work. I, I commend this move. 
Well, have you been paying attention is the Seinfeld of Australian television yeah. where it was given the chance to actually find its feet before it was axed. Yep. It, yep. it had a couple of seasons and then it got to it. Uh, we'll tend to do that this time. <laughs> Who knows? Um, the other thing is um, that promo certainly wasn't made by anyone at 10 because it was funny and interesting <laughs> and different uh, and kind of stepped out of the uh, stepped out the of podcast, the, the square there. <laughs> no, no, thank you. But it's, it, it's, I, I thought it was actually bloody hilarious it was really really good and really well written and, and that was that's the tropes that's right and sprinkling the dust from um working dog as you said Mulk, i agree with you um this is important i think as well so compliments should go to network 10 for at least taking a risk now with this kind of programming which is really good we don't know or do we know if it's live i'm not, not sure i would doubt it yes um uh it just needs to get its chance, I think. What 10 could have done is saved this format for Pilot Week, and they didn't. Yeah. And that's full credit to them, and I would encourage them to do a little bit more, as in the same way that I would encourage them to back some of the programs that they put into Pilot Week a little better. Oh. Now, I know we've had a couple of shows come out of it, but not heaps. That's no. a really good point, Mulk, that... It's almost like, well, this is too good for Pilot Week. We're just commissioning it. We like it. I So I'm starting to really not fully understand the point of Pilot yeah. Week when it's it's not about actually commissioning new shows. It's about just putting some things on for a week. It looks like it's they're trying to give people opportunities, and that in itself is great. However, if it's just tokenistic to get them to stop them bashing on the door, or it's, you know, we, we're kind of committed to it now, whether it's because there's influence from overseas or, or it's a local pressure or whatever it is, um, they really need to back Pilot Week better. Mark, are you talking about the eye? The eye from overseas, <laughs> the big eye in the sky. Yeah, the, oh, the bosses watching. from the yeah, VCBS. The big, the big one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. The Voice premieres on its new home at Channel 7 next month, and already another season has been commissioned. The Voice Generations. Kevin Perry on TV Black Box reports that the newest incarnation of the singing competition will feature families, whether kids, grandparents, siblings, blended families, and more. Aaron, this is obviously filling the gap. Kevin Perry broke the story about Australian Idol being paused. That's a huge story. This presumably is filling the gap. Yeah, I'd say it's a smart move from Seven. Um, shows are expensive to make and the good old bottom dollar um, has to be a major factor in commissioning. My guess is that Seven will film this back-to-back with a normal season. They already have the judges, the crew, the host, the production, the facilities already running. Um, so that would, I guess, subsidise part of the show. But in terms of the concept... Um, I could already see it. There's going to be a grandma and a grandson doing a duet. Everyone's going to be crying and it's going to be a big, <laughs> big felt Australian moment. The audience is going to get sucked in. That so, actually sounds yeah. good to me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm up for it. I'm not, I wasn't complaining. I'm up for it. Here we go. Bring on the tears. Uh, Robbo, Voice Generations, does it uh, seem like a good idea to you? Uh, look, it might be great entertainment at the time. Uh, we'll see no recording contracts come out of it. Uh, whoever whoever performs on it will go nowhere past the actual program. Um, but if it's just good little telly, shiny floor show stuff where you see grandma and grandson uh, belt out working class man or K-san, I don't know why I went for Chisel. Jimmy Barnes and Cold Chisel, but, you know, because that's the kind of hot, red-blooded Australian male that I am, and that's the first kind of songs that come to me. I'd love to see that, uh, but it, it, it'll be, it, it's, it's, it's at the night. The flame flickers at night, and then it goes out. I don't know what that means, but it's poignant. 
Mom. Yes. Mom, let me ask you, um, Kevin's story about Australian Idol going on pause sort of has been lost in the mix here. Uh, that's a pretty big deal. Look, it really is. They made a lot of noise at their upfronts last year that they were boosting for Idol in at 2022. They said it's not coming in 21. It is going to be a 22 um, franchise. Uh, it, it was. It always felt a bit risky anyway. I don't know if they've just held off because they go, oh, but it needs an audience to work. And look, it really does, as I would offer The Voice does. But, you know, they're rolling the dice on that. I, I think they've gone quiet because they're really not sure what or how to make it work. Production is in uh, limbo again. It's in a mess. Yeah. How do they make Australian Idol go? So an easy solve is to drop in what will be the 11th season of uh, the Australian version of The Voice, this generation's uh, when it lands, and it absolutely can fill that slot. So Idol can get bounced. We can put it in. Idol's still on the whiteboard, but it hasn't fallen off yet. But I reckon, look, honestly, I reckon that the, the – if the if generation succeeds, we won't see Idol. Mm. I don't know. Seven seem pretty keen on Idol, and it's a great format, and it's well known. But it's always up their sleeve, as you say. If um, the voice falters anyway, they can move to that. Well, but, it depends uh, on the, the, how much of a deal they've signed with whoever owns the rights to, to yeah. the Idol format, right? Yeah, I think the the idea though for Idol was to go, do that that show live. It had to yeah. be like a bigger. Huge audience, screaming crowd. You know the whole. You just mm. can't do that in in the COVID. I think it might just be an innocent thing that they just want to hold yeah, I agree. it. Hold you it. don't get an angels brought me here moment without a crowd. <laughs> oh, I just got goosebumps straight again. to the heart. Sorry. Oh wow, I actually got goosebumps. It also then. shows how very old I am. All right, let's take a look at the ratings race for last weekend. Entertainment programs don't appear to be drawing in audiences in the way news-based programs are, with news taking out eight of the top ten spots. Despite a soft season, MasterChef went out with a bang, despite the winner being leaked days before. Team Blue was on top with a 29.1% share, followed by the red team on 28.8. 10 took third spot on 18.1, followed by the ABC on 15.5 and SBS on 8.5. The order stayed the same in the primary channel shares and 9 also won the 16-39 and 25-54 demos. Aaron, any standouts for you last week? Yeah, a few standouts. Oh, sorry, I just want to ask. I know that that seven are red and and nine yeah. are blue. What's ten like? I was gonna say pink because they're like, but their logo is sort of like a light blue or a pink, and <laughs> I don't know. That's why I say ten. But anyway. nine has always been blue. Seven has always been red. Maybe the ABC's grey. I don't know. <laughs> wow. No, I won't have that. No, 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 they've no. Got no. A, they've literally got a grey logo, Robbo. I'm not being insulting. No, no, of course. So uh, anyway, no surprises. <laughs> State of origin yeah, week. Do you know what? Oh, I'm sorry. going to label ten team pink going forward and ABC team grey. Well, there that'll you be go. great next week when no one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what you were talking about. I was like, who's team blue? And I thought, is he talking about like Survivor? And no, I thought no. We were if doing you listen ratings, to the podcast, he, he, Robbo, he's had a stroke. Robbo, if you gone. listen to the podcast, you'd know because I always refer to seven as red and nine is as blue. Is anyone else smelling burning toast? We're going to start with the rock. <laughs> rock, can you smell burning toast, Dal? I'm worried about you. <laughs> team blues, team purples, team pinks. It's a wonderful podcast, and I'm I'm, I'm so thrilled to be here. I don't I, I've never heard a, a frame of it, but I think it's lovely. And I, it's lovely to be here. I've got it now. So seven showing their red bits, green, uh, nine showing their blue bits, and ten 
showing their pink bits. <laughs> well, no, yeah. Because, yeah, because nine have the blue balls. <laughs> Somehow we got their friends. I don't know if this is even <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. All right. Aaron, what did you were there any standouts for you last week? Uh-huh. Um yeah, so State of Origin Week was expecting a close week, and it was. Seven uh, did lose network, but by just 0.3, they'll possibly still win the week uh, with consolidated figures in seven days. Um, but I noticed that gone are the days um, when you had the State of Origin night on, you were just... Nine would just win by a country mile and you would just put on a movie. But but the networks are actually still showing, you know, they showed Big Brother this year. They showed Farmer Wants a Wife um, this this week against State of Origin. It's actually normal programming and we found that the, the, the programs are rating pretty much exactly the same. Um, only thing concern of Nine is, is that their big specials on State of Origin that's finished for the year, Maths has gone. The only big tempo they have for the rest of this year is the block, which, of course... Shouldn't be underestimated. Seven will win this week, obviously, with the Olympics. And I think 10 will hold steady with the Bachelor and Australian Survivor. So, yeah. Mark, what's your take from last week? I was an origin week, you know. Aaron's quite right. Farmer held, I think it's usual, 600-ish on Wednesday night, which is, is great business for them. However, seven also quite, you know, planned, I'm sure, knew they had to finish Farmer this week. So they had to drop an episode on Wednesday. So to play it there made sense. It was a risk. It paid off for them and and awesome work. Um, Full credit to Nine. Origin as a uh, game looked spectacular. Huge BVOD numbers for them. As you'd expect, that will only grow and continue to grow. Uh, It wasn't the lowest rating Origin. That's kept for the ill-fated November series last year, but it was the lowest rating Wednesday night uh, in winter series, uh, a game of, of the series. So that's going to be a question about what it looks like. But as I said, BVOD boosts that. Look, the, the table's turned this week. There is no question with the Olympics kicking off. Um, the Festival of the Many Boots uh, will pretty much rule the ratings roost for the next two and a bit to three weeks, you'd expect. Um, and again, it, table's reversed. Full credit to nine and to ten. Who, ten are launching two new formats this week in, in you know, Survivor and The Bachelor that will just run through the Olympics. They're not giving mm. up either. Whereas in the yeah. past, you would get to the Olympics and everyone would go, all right, well, here's repeats of The Love Boat. Um, you know, now it's his new programming, Beauty and the Geek will run on nine. All of this sort of stuff is going to play out. And I think it provides great depth for the audience. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see how the, the opening ceremony goes on Friday night for seven. I think it'll be big. Um, I think that a lot of people will will complain about audience noise being piped in um, to an empty stadium again. Let me ask you about MasterChef. It's had a really soft season, came back really strong for the finale, as as I said, even though the winner yep. was leaked. Um, where does MasterChef go from here? Surely 10 aren't overall happy with those numbers. No, there's no way they would be stoked, though the finale did lift their spirits, I'm sure, as they opened their bottle of Prosecco. Uh, look, the, the big brother... Passion Pop. No, it'd be Passion, passion pop. pop at Piermont. Well, that's, well, yeah, that's all it right could have been for those numbers, right? Yeah. Um, look, I, I think that the celebrity MasterChef that's coming later this year will be interesting, but not be a ratings winner. Um, in the past, they've always struggled, those kinds of formats. Um, there, there's certainly life in MasterChef. I think the next season, so 2022 season of MasterChef is going to be critical. If it does this, these numbers of 2021 or less, mate, you've got to think it's just about time to take the horse out and hang up the blanket, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely. I can hear the shotgun being loaded now. <laughs> 
the old 303. Come here, clippity-clop. Come here, Farlap. We're just going to go behind the shed. Okay, now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches. This week with Mulk. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Former Home and Away star Orpheus Pledger has appeared in court charged with two counts of drug possession. The 28-year-old who played Mason on the show is alleged to have been caught with half a gram of ice as well as 30 tablets of Valium without a prescription. He has yet to enter a plea on the charges. As a part of the ABC Elevate Reconciliation Plan, the ABC has increased its daily use of Indigenous languages, names and nationwide acknowledgements of country. The change implemented includes using Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nation place names throughout supers, in video programming and news reporting, and a new interactive Indigenous language map on the ABC Indigenous website. Law and order for the defence has been binned by NBC after being announced earlier this year. Instead, the blacklist... Oh, it's still going. <laughs> ...will shift to the time slot where For the Defence had been scheduled. However, insiders have confirmed that another Law & Order title is under development. After the sensational sacking of Sharon Osbourne from The Talk in May, Jerry Maguire star Jerry O'Connell has been announced as her replacement. He will become the first full-time male co-host of the show, joining Cheryl Underwood, Carrie Ann Anaba, Elaine Welteroth, and Amanda Klutz. And I don't know if I said any of those names right. <laughs> and that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Back to you, Rob. Oh, thank you, Mark. I feel like Sarah's back in the room. Coming up, we are going to have a look at Ten's claim of being undisputed under 50s. It's something we talked about last week, but now the figures are in and we've even factored in their claims of trying to justify it. Do they have a case or not? We'll find out as TV Black Box continues. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. All right, now to our big issue, and it's a claim which has incensed its rivals, but does Network 10, Australia's third-placed network, have a case for claiming the under-50s demo? Let's take a look at the figures. When looking at free-to-air commercial shares for the survey year until weekending 3rd of July, 6pm to midnight in the five-cap cities, 10 is third in under-50s demo, behind 7 in second place and 9 in number 1. In fact, 10 is the only network that has lost audience share in the under-50s demo year-on-year. Year, now sitting at 27.6%, dropping from 29.8%. Even if we look at the full calendar year to include I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, 10 remains in third position. But their claim, of course, is not based only on their primary channel, but also 10 Bold, 10 Peach, 10 Shake and 
can play. Plus, under Viacom CBS, it now includes MTV, all of the music channels, Nickelodeon and Nick Jr. It's been pointed out to me, 10 are not making these claims of undisputed under 50s just based on the 10 network. It's in relation to 10 Viacom CBS. We touched on this last week, but we've got more information now. 10 have moved the goalposts by doing that and including their other brands that don't compete directly with commercial rivals 9 and 7. However, even when including those brands using the 6pm to midnight Oz 10 reporting method, 10 still ends up in third position. 10's justification of their claims include using figures from 6am to 6pm on the Kids Channel and only including programs with a minimum of three episodes, therefore discounting sport and special events. But I must point out, 10 never gave me any hard evidence that shows data that they are winning the demos. On the TV black box, I've done a Judge Rob article, like I talked about last week, that breaks down all the figures, where you can see who's rating what, where, how, and why in the under-50 demos. And Mulk, 10 is third, no matter how you slice and dice the numbers. Yeah, Rob, and well done on having to do that slicing and dicing because it is a a literal swamp trying to get through the delimiters and the filters on how they they come up with their figures. It is such a very thin end of the wedge uh, for them to land in the place where they make the claim that they are under, you know, number one in under 50s. And even that looks to be spurious and a big hi to our our executive friends in uh, Piermont who are listening. I'm sure they're loving every moment of this conversation. (laughs) Um, It's it's not it's not great news and, and look there's a, a, a couple of media buyers that I, I chat with on on social media and they have said to me that they see through the spin anyway and they don't buy it they just don't buy it um they will advertise on 10 for some of their customers because that's you know the market that they're looking for and they've got money to spend but they don't exclusively do it on 10 because they know that that's not the best place to get bang for their buck um that's their words not mine um, it puts, so uh, this is interesting, and, and people might think this is having a go at 10, but as soon as they said undisputed under 50s, mm. my antenna raised. And, sure. you know, I think I would like to think we provide fair commentary on each network. We, we have to. a look at their claims. We go through everything. We provide honest, fair and balanced commentary. 10 would dispute that, of course. But I think when you make a claim of undisputed under 50s, you're really drawing a line in the sand. And, Robbo, it's interesting these people that Malk are talking to are not buying this spin. So what does it do for 10's brand when their spin is seen as nothing but a lie? Well, can I say uh, that, that we used to receive emails when I worked at 10. I worked at 10 for 13 years. We'd receive emails early in the morning and we would always go, oh, so we're number one with um, uh, under 13s uh, who have red hair and uh, <laughs> and have a lisp. Uh, fantastic. We're, we're one. We've won. And you'd get these lines where we would all turn around to each other and go, are they really trying to put this out to the market that we we've got the under thirteens and uh, with red hair and lisps and they're we're winning between six thirty and six forty five a.m. So come and spend money on ten. Uh, that is not a lie, and that that is something that we all did. Uh, it, it it seems to really continue. The thing is, though, it's well, sorry ten and 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 the big eye in the sky. Um, people who are going to spend money are also going to do their own analysis, and as as you did, Rob, as well, which perfectly pointed out. Well, it doesn't add up. 
Uh, and and especially people in the ad game, one plus one equals two, and uh, tens maths never actually equals what it needs to be. Seven and nine did the same thing. Let's yeah, not yeah. let's not do that. Um, they they all fudge a little bit, but we all remember these emails that would come out every morning saying that we'd won in some weird demographic, but it said we won. Um, uh, and, and that was also, you know, a, a pretty big thing. They all do it, um, but it's almost like they're trying to put the wool over, you know, advertising agencies' eyes and also the greater market, and it's not working. Are they doing it over their own eyes, though, Robbo? Like, are they trying to yeah, deceive that's right. themselves? Yes. Yep, yep. They believe, absolutely, a brilliant, brilliant comment. They believe what they're putting out, and it just doesn't add up. Seven and nine do it to a lesser extent, I think, but they truly believe, hey, guys, we were number one last night. Asterisk. <laughs> Aaron, I've got to say, spin is a thing. I'm, I've been guilty of it in the TV industry, so I have no problem with that. But the spin is usually justifiable in some way. It usually comes from a place of truth. You might have to exclude Perth and Adelaide to say we're number one on the East Coast or whatever. This claim by 10 that it's undisputed under 50s, I really did try to make it work for them. And originally I thought, okay, they're including their other brands. As Judge Rob, I was going to give them the win on the technicality. But then I was able to get the figures, including those brands, and it doesn't add up. So if this is an outright lie, which it appears to be, is this desperate from 10? And what does it do for them going forward? Well, actually, I take a little bit of a bit of exception, though, that you even call this spin. It is actually outright misinformation bullshit, like on this particular thing. And like you said, spin can be, oh, we won the night, but then you find out that it's the national reach or something like that, or it's East Coast. That is, I suppose, spin. This is just an outright lie. You try to spin it in whichever way you wanted to, Viacom, 10... 10 play, whatever, and it still doesn't stack up. They're not even second. It's actually third. So, but on the other hand, let me say as, as a positive thing, I was trying to think, well, what can 10 actually do? Because, you know, seven will claim we're this and nine will claim we're this. What can 10 actually claim? Like, because you want to put something positive out to the market. The only thing I can think of, obviously, 10 Bold and 10 Peach do really well. Um, and the big advertising friendly uh, dollars that come between 7.30 and the 9.30 bracket. So when they're showing MasterChef, have you been paying attention to Gogglebox? Um, the Bachelor and all that kind of stuff, they actually do really, really well. And if we look at the um, the ratings recently, I mean, Big Brother and MasterChef were really close. So they just need a push that they, you know, like their specific programs, have you been paying attention, has won its slot uh, across all channels. Um, MasterChef beats Big Brother 25 to 54. I just made that up. But if it was something like that, Mars Singer wins 16 to 39 and 18 to 49, you know, really pump the figures that are working for you. Um, but the thing with 10, and I mentioned this, I think, last week is, I, I feel sorry for them in one thing is because they're always going to be third because that 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. slot, they're starting 750,000 viewers every single night behind 9 and 7. So yeah. their average figures for the night are completely blown out of the water. And Saturday night, 
they lost to SBS on Saturday night, and they do that fairly regularly, or it's it's pretty close with SBS. So if you take out Saturday night and you take out six to seven, you know, we're t- talking spin here already, but they actually do quite well with their tentpole programming, and I think they should just keep pushing and pushing that Australian Survivor's doing well, Masked Singer's doing well, Have You Been Paying Attention's doing well. Um, but so yeah. rather than try to take an overall position that is a lie, focus on the individual wins. That's what you're saying. Yeah, because it's mean, but they don't have an overall position because they're not winning anything. They don't win daytime. They don't win morning television. They don't win news. So you just have to look at your individual programs. And when you do that, they do come out quite good. He, here's the challenge. And, and look, that that's all of that's really fair, Aaron. Um, but tenor right. <laughs> in that they have um, a, a ton of programming that focuses on people under 16 and that is a market that is not captured in the Oztam ratings. We, we, don't, we don't get um, figures of five-year-olds, of nine-year-olds that watch a whole bunch of children's programming. And, and to be fair, 10 are the only one, are the only of the three commercial networks that really throw a whole bunch of time and energy into that younger market. 10 shakes, 6 a.m. Which, which is fine, yeah. but they are... They are accounted for in these under-50 numbers. If they want to reposition themselves as the under-16 market, happy days. Yeah, they, Good luck to them. And, and if they, they can claim right? that. This is this is the challenge. They are and they aren't because Oztamp don't collect figures on the, that younger, younger, younger market. Or at least they don't make it available to us again. Yeah, they get figures on everyone, mate. If a two-year-old is watching, it's counted. Sure. The, the, we also have to cut the PR Jedi some slack. Because these are the people who are employed every morning to put out the email that Robert was talking about. You know, they have to turn the the you know um, the the piece of shit into a glittery ball um, and make it sound like things are going great because that's their job. And and um, on a day to day basis, I think all of the PR Jedi's across the the networks do a great job because they have to and they work with what they've got. Something like a claim of undisputed under fifties is not wholly a PR Jedi claim. That has come from an executive view on how they see themselves, where they're pitching, what it looks like, and they just have to work to that line. So they're then having to continue to, to roll out figures that talk about the six-year-olds with red hair um, that turned left uh, at 8 a.m. this morning. They're the ones that we won with and we're really stoked about it. I also just quickly want to claim that if we have a ratings year, which we still do, and Oztam report, here is the ratings year with a break at Easter, why the living hell... Are we continuing with that if all three commercial networks do not abide by it anymore? Can we just cut mm-hmm. it loose? It's a pointless idea. Let's just go from week one to week 52 and call it what it is. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, a couple of things I want to say in response, Mulk, in that um, all the figures that are on my article on the TV Black Box website include survey year to date and calendar year. So I tried yes. to make it work for 10 with calendar year as well. And then their delimiter is is calendar year, but yeah, I agree absolutely. Yeah, and then also including their subscription TV brands, yep. which only equate to like three percent of their total viewing audiences, let alone what it is in the demos. Um, it is fine to have a positioning statement of an aspiration, even if their positioning statement was "where for the under fifties, Right, that's fine. Because that is a promise of who we are. But when you say undisputed under 50s, it is a lie. It is not based in truth and it is desperate. 
So you, if you are ever, I'll give you an example, and I'm sorry to bring it back to myself. When <laughs> I came up with See It First on Nine News, that Did came up from that? a truth. Sorry, mate. Play on. I know, I know it's easy to take the piss, yeah, but yeah, I can on. only give... Apologies. No, no, it's, it's fine because I probably do go on about it a bit too much. But the reason I bring it up is because it is an example of using truth to sell a message which then sold the audience. Mm. So I was watching 7 and 9 each night in the days when 9 News in Sydney was well behind and I'd been poached by 9 to go over there. And I started seeing nine breaking stories that was on seven, one, two, three nights later. And I started seeing a trend. And it prompted this idea of the See It First on Nine campaign. And then we went further and proved it to the audience. We didn't just make a claim. We showed the evidence of it being first on nine. Then we showed the evidence of two days later, it was on seven. So it built trust in viewers that we were making a claim and telling the truth. The problem with this claim is that 10 in no way can justify it. They cannot provide data that says, here's your data, Rob. This is how we're undisputed under 50s, because that data doesn't exist. You can say, but we've got all these other brands, so we are undisputed in under 50s. Nine and seven are like, that is bullshit. Bullshit. You are not you are not undisputed in under 50s, no matter which way you try to compare to the other networks and then even give 10 the benefit of the doubt by including their other brands like they're trying to do. And look, I know very well that putting this article up and talking about it in this podcast means we will lose all access to 10 resources. We all know this. They do not like criticism and attack from TV black box on them. It's not. I'd love to see 10 do well. We've moved on from the crap of the past. It's And on this podcast and on the website, I've said a lot of good things about 10. I think their play for 9pm in this very podcast, I've talked about it's a great play. Not every time someone criticises you, Channel 10, is it because they're out to get you. It's because we want you to succeed, but this is not success. This is desperation. Come up with a point of truth if you want to sell yourself. And I look forward to the legal letter trying to get us to remove the article, but it will not happen because the article is truthful, it is factual, and it is based in hard data. But I look forward to your correspondence anyway. I feel like we just ended the Jerry Springer show. (laughs) At the end of the show, everybody loves everybody and you've got to love people and be good to yourself. Uh, look, if we were piling on ten completely, I, I, you know, I sort of understand their position, but I, I but mean, we're not I was, piling I, on ten. That's I was the trying point. to look at some of the positives because ten do have. I, I mean, I honestly believe this. They do have some strengths. I mean, as Malt says, they they do have a market in 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 kids programming that uh, the yep. others don't do. So you can push that. You can push sure the advertisers that that yeah, well, yeah, that that where. You know that we we do do kids television, and I really do think. I mean, we know the ratings. MasterChef does stack up well when you compare it with Big Brother and you know whatever Celebrity Apprentice is on. Sometimes it's fifty thousand and a hundred thousand. MasterChef wins Tuesday, Big Brother wins Wednesday. They are very very competitive, and they, they their production values on things like Australian Survivor, The Masked Singer, I think are first class. 
Yep. You know, actually compared to seven and nine, they actually do some of their productions better than seven and nine. And Agreed. all we're saying is you need to push that, push that. Have you been paying attention? Is the number one Australian, what you know, program on, on Monday nights, you know, outside of the news, like push these, these things that MasterChef, you know, beat big brother in, in whatever demographic it is. Just don't do an overall position for the network because the overall position of the network is crap. Do an, you can do an overall position for the network, which is just have it based in truth. But what? But the Channel Ten can't do that. What is their overall position? They're not number one in anything. Say <laughs> we're for the under fifties, or younger viewers love ten. You don't have to. You're not claiming to be number one. Yeah. You're. It's an aspirational statement. At the moment, they can't make a statement based in statistical fact. So yeah. don't do that. You cannot say undisputed. Under 50s. And I think that's probably the step is that they've made the claim that they are undisputed number one uh, when what it could be is that, you know, younger audiences. It's all about us. You know, people under 50s love 10. Come and, you know, all of all of the reasons, all of the stuff that we've talked about mm. of why you would want to go to 10. Plug that. Promote that. Um, it, for mine, it's always the first sign of desperation when you deviate from the numbers that Oz 10 publish. And as soon as you step outside... Mm-hmm. Um, the demos that they advertise, the, the demos that they give us information on, then you're starting to diddle, diddle the figures. I don't know that I agree with that. I think it is valid. If 10 were number one in under 50s, I think it is valid to say we are number one in under 50s. Yep. They very smartly back in the day claimed the 16 to 39 market. They looked at yep. what they had and they went, Fancy oh, that. my God, A we demo own. that's published. But was it back then? Yep. Yes. 16 to 39, 25.54. No, no, but was that demo always published by Oztam back in the since day or was that just information? The, 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 as I understand it, since 2001, the demos that we have are what have been published since Oztam took over in 2001. Okay, that's fine and I'll accept that. But I still don't think there's an issue for 10 to say we're going to focus on under 50s, that is our demo. I think that's perfectly legit. But the problem is if you want to say that's our demo... You need to be number one in that demo, and that's your point of difference from the other networks. I think it's perfectly legitimate to try and claim that demo. The problem is, once again, 10 does not. Okay, now it's time to find out what everyone is watching as we open the TV binge box. Don't forget, there is the full podcast each week with Malk, Joe and Brookie. And I noticed, Malk, that Dan was back this week, which was fantastic. Just search for TV binge box in your podcast feed. Malk, what have you been watching? Yes, part two of our surprise. Dan was back. Uh, Great to have uh, the TV binge box crew at full strength back. And you can get that in your podcast catches right now. Um, I'll give it... And ramping up the charts. Just racing up. I think we've made it up to mediocre. And uh, and I'm stretching, <laughs> stretching beyond that. Woo. Thank you very much. Um, we've got our sights on adequate. Um, look, I'll give you a couple that I've been watching. The Good Fight is back on SBS. And uh, look, the first episode of season five was a little bit sketchy for mine, a little bit of a catch up across 2020. Uh, but the the seasons, uh, so the episodes that have come since, just great. It is delightfully back uh, where it needs to be. Uh, I think it's um, Zimbabwean Aussie actress. I can't remember her name, but she's one of the new cast that have landed in it. Uh, and I am enjoying, oh, damn it, what's his name? Mental blank. Um Singer, he, I don't know. Terrence Elliott. No, it's not the guy. Um, 
Oh. There's a bloody great guy who's uh, killing me now. He's been in everything. Uh, he's playing a, a judge of a, like a kangaroo court. It is delightful. The good fight is doing good business on SBS for me, at least. It might not be for everybody else. Um, I loved the finale of Loki on Disney Plus, and oh yeah, uh, I so am good. so keen for the Doctor Strange movie that it's coming. Um, the Multiverse of Madness because I think it's set it up perfectly. And great sizzle for season two, right on the back end of the end of season one. What a great way to announce it finally tv doing the way it used to do just telling us that there was a new season coming when the first season ended um so that was great <laughs> uh the the big one for mine kicks off this friday with a double episode and that is the second season of ted lasso they are absolutely doing all of the media in australia i've seen them on all the breakfast shows just today um uh, Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt, who are Coach Beard and uh, Ted Lasso in reverse, they are phenomenal. And what an absolute delight of a show on Apple TV+. Plus! I've been fortunate enough to see the first six episodes of season two. There are 12 in it. Oh, my heart. Like, we talk about programs that are full of heart. They are lying. This show has a mortgage on all of the heart-feeling stuff. It is the best. You cannot walk away from watching an episode and not feel great. It is delightful. And Ted Lasso, what a creation by Jason Sudeikis. Fabulous. That's on Apple TV+. Plus. Don't miss it. Ted Lasso, season two, Friday. Jeez, Mog, I don't watch anything on Apple TV+, Plus, but now you've got me interested in this one. I may have to take a look. All of season one's there. It's worth it. Robbo, what have you been watching? Well, Robbo, I've been watching The Office US. I'm brand new to it. Well, not really brand new. I've been, uh, I, I've been watching for some time, up to season nine, episode nine. Oh, so I'm good. already grieving for the characters. Yes. I already feel it. Like I want to see what happens with Pam and Jim and and everyone else. And um, so it's it's going to be a pretty tough tough place in my house when uh, when uh, everything ends there. But I'm loving the office, and that's on Stan. Okay, Aaron, what have you been watching? Do you mean aside from the AR show on Thursday? Oh, <laughs> God. Which, Robbo, uh, Robbo's back. Robbo's back. Oh. Which got a little bit out of control with the return of Robbo, shall we just say? <laughs> well, no, which which R? You only said one R there. Which one are you no, in, uh, It was kind of again. I was like, Yeah, it's a pirate thing. Well, usually with this section, you know, because I watch a lot of mainstream commercial stuff, so I feel like I, I can't add too much. But I actually have watched a couple of other shows. I'm actually excited. So I watched a show on BBC First called Time, and it stars Sean Bean, and it's only three episodes. So the plot, it says Mark um, Cobden is a newly imprisoned, um, consumed by guilt for his crime and way out of his depth in the volatile world of prison life. Um, so basically he's in prison. And now let me say, even though it's a scripted drama, I can absolutely tell you that this is as close as you'll get to seeing in the inside of a jail in Australia. The behaviour, the inmates, the officers, the procedures, the rules, the daily life is about 90% of what it's like in a real Australian maximum Hang on, security prison. do you prison. mean that Underbelly lied to us? <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, yes. But, uh, yeah, great series. And so with only three episodes, the ending is never far, so it's good. Uh, the other show I've been watching, American Horror Story, has done a spin-off called American Horror Stories, which rather than one story go across a whole season, it's a new story each episode. Um, so it's not serialised. Now, in saying that, and just to complicate it, the first two episodes are the same story. They do the first two episodes back-to-back, but then it's um, weekly and it's on binge. I love Ryan Murphy and his work. So, um, yeah, the new series is quite good. Um, great to have Animal Kingdom back. I mentioned that last week. And I did watch the 
I mentioned last week the first three original seasons of Veronica Mars and the follow-up movie, and now I've watched the 2019 eight episodes that they did on um, Hulu. It was actually good, but it's really weird watching a show that was very, very PG, and now it's like MA-rated. I mean, it's Veronica Mars with graphic sex and violence and very adult storylines. It's just, you're just watching the show and think, this is not what I used to watch before. I mean, it is good, but... I guess that's because the people who watched it had grown up and they were now adults. Yeah, but it's it's a lot more graphic, though. It's It's really graphic. I mean, the sex scenes are quite full on. It's just, they just, I don't know... It, it's just like watching a real adults-only version of Sesame Street or something. It might be good, but, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's weird. It's just weird. I've got to say, I interviewed Elmo last week on the oh, Andrew Rob and Robbo show, and you're making me think about Elmo, Elmo in a whole different way. Imagine it, yes. <laughs> Let's um, all do that. I've got to say... One vibrator, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, two! <laughs> <laughs> I watched a lot this week, although I've been catching up on Miranda. I love Britbox is sort of my new favourite streaming service at the moment. Uh, Miranda is on there. I've started watching Alan Partridge. I watched. I already mentioned I watched Alan Partridge. Knowing me, knowing you, I'm watching that. Um, I've skipped Mid Morning Matters, the radio one, and I'm on to the one where he co-hosts uh, the show yeah, where he's filling yeah. in. So uh, I've only watched a bit of that so far, but uh, enjoying that. Um, I, I'm just finding it hard to get time to sit down and watch a full show. No, <laughs> so it's very, very difficult. Um, oh, thoughts and I know prayers, you hate the way on. I watch TV, Mog, but I, it, I'm just busy. I don't have time. not watching television, unless it's blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, I, 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 that's really my big one. BritBox at the moment is what I'm watching. And you know what? The ratings have just dropped as we record uh, the TV Black Box podcast. And for Sunday night, it looks like in total people that Beauty and the Geek took top spot, followed by Australian Survivor and then Farmer Wants a Wife. So Beauty and the Geek, we're talking entertainment news, obviously took one and two. But Beauty and the Geek did 776,000, Australian Survivor 752,000 and Farmer Wants a Wife 709,000. Real three-way split there, not a lot in it. And 700s, just by the way. Yeah. I think that's the first time that they've all hit, well, Australian Survivor aside, the first time they've all hit the 700s this season. Lockdowns, do we think? And Rob, yeah, can, we prove, can we prove again? See, Channel 10, that is a huge result for Australian Survivor. I mean, this is where 10 do really well. And then that, that's what they should be promoting. Like Australian Survivor's just doing yep. really well. I mean, it's Beat Farmer Wants a Wife. That is huge. That is huge, and they will sell that, but isn't under 50s their demo? No, I'm just being (laughs) a shit. (laughs) And have a look what happens after those shows finish. The audience all but vanishes. Yeah. So uh, the next one, Grand Designs, did well as well on ABC with 582,000. The Afternoon AFL did 519. 60 Minutes was down to 516. The Sunday Project languishing at 506. Um, Then there was an Innocent on the ABC, 444,000. Seven News, Spotlight, Delta on board, only did 381,000. And, Mulk, that comes back to that problem you talked about, I think, last week, where Seven Spotlight either goes really big or really badly. Um, Maybe it's because viewers aren't 
up to the idea that it's consistently going to be there where they know 60 Minutes will be there. But when Seven Spotlight gets those great stories, we see the big numbers like Craig McLaughlin. But for what I would call a um, normal episode, it doesn't seem to be firing. And a real tough one to deliver a story on coronavirus when there's two major markets locked down because of coronavirus. Oh, I thought it like, was a, I thought it was a biography on Delta Goodrum. That's why I didn't uh, watch it. Do you know Sorry, you kid, guys. Robbo? Yeah. When I saw the title, I thought the same thing. Yeah, oh, no, God, I don't guys... care. Born to try. Well, keep trying, sweetheart. All right. Well, they should have us... called it that rather than Delta on board. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of TV Black Box for another week. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter, which comes sporadically straight into your inbox by going to tvblackbox.com.au slash newsletter. And, of course, for all the latest breaking stories in the television industry, go to tvblackbox.com.au sporadically multiple times throughout the day to make sure that you know what's happening. David Robinson, thank you for being with us this week. Thank you to Aaron Mulk and... Sorry, let's get it. And Rob, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thank you, Robbo. Mog and Aaron, thank you very much. We will see you next week. We love you, Tim. We love you, Tim. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.